Welcome to the Wedding Film Academy podcast, your go-to source for learning to create stunning wedding films and run a successful business. Here's your host, Lumix Luminary and wedding filmmaker, Jordan Bunch. Hey everybody, before we start this show, I just wanted to let y'all know that we have a new really amazing Facebook group going. So if you look for Wedding Film Academy Facebook group, you'll find the page and you'll have to just answer two simple questions to make sure that you're going to send out good vibes to everybody in the group before we let you in. But hop on over there and join that group. Also, if you have other friends in the industry, go ahead and add them to the group as well. We're really trying to build something that's centered around the idea of encouragement and, and building one another up. Uh, as well as giving others a a leg up when they need it. And so one of the things that we're doing is we're going to do pretty close to a weekly film critique. So if you hop on over to our website, weddingfilmacademy.org, you can actually enter in to potentially have your film live critiqued by us on the Facebook group. And it's been a really awesome experience so far. We've done two of them so far, and we have... Uh, several, several dozen have been submitted, so uh, we can't get to everybody's right away because we're only, only going to do one week and we're having a ton of submissions, but we would love for you to submit one of your films over at WeddingFilmAcademy.org and then definitely make sure you join the Facebook group so that you can know when your film is going to be judged live. So hop on over to that Facebook group and we will see you there. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wedding Film Academy podcast. This is fun because I just got back from Shutterfest, and so a lot of the content that we're going to be putting out over the next couple months is from Shutterfest, and it was great because I got to do a lot of in-person podcast recording, which normally I don't get to do. Normally, it's you know we're looking at a computer at each other, but today I'm back in Austin, Texas, and I have with me Rob Adams, who has become a regular on the show, and Vanessa Joy, his wife. Hello. It's great to be here. Yeah. Love coming on the show. Man, we love having you and our guests do too. And so everybody's excited that you're back. All right. Austin's great, man. We're really enjoying exploring the city a little bit. Yeah. This is what our third day. A third day. Although I do have to note, I was at Shutterfest and I had to chase you all the way down to Austin to get on your man. podcast. Well, <laughs> we made it happen though. We it did. was just a case of two trains passing in the night and now the trains have pulled into the station. That's right. <laughs> well, well, later on we'll have just me and you on the show. We'll kick Rob out and he won't get to be on that episode. Since he's got to do some solo, we have to That's balance right. it out. See, that always happens. You introduce so, my wife into a scenario and immediately I get pushed aside because she's know. much better looking and she's much more personal than I am and she's more she more people like her. More people come <laughs> up to me and say, Oh, you're Rob Adams' wife. Yeah, video guys. I don't know. It's great. <laughs> I'm sure it doesn't happen the other way because the photographers don't even know Rob. They're just like... Not yeah, really. No. Not generally, no. No, I mean, it, it depends <laughs> on where they've been exposed you. to you. That's true. <laughs> on, on a wedding stage, day and where, where you're standing oh, in that's the her, aisle yeah. or something. Yeah, she uses me as her uh, you know, mule example <laughs> quite nice. often as to how to deal with bad videographers. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Lies. I remember the uh, the the sort of spoof video that you were on. I think it was a Shutterfest video, right? That, where you were like, it was like the photographers and the videographers oh. like battling it out or something. That was a Joe Schweitzer film. That was it a was. Joe Schweitzer That's film. Right. That was a Schweitzer joint. 
You know, oh, Joe. Joe's been in a lot of episodes just by reference. So yes. here's another one. <laughs> yeah. Joe gets mentioned. Well, if you you know go on YouTube and just look that up, I have to find out what it's actually titled. But it was a war between photo and video, yeah. and it was an epic one. It was an epic battle. There were there were special effects. Yeah. You were out there like teaching people how to block the shot with a monopod right. or something yep. like that. Yep. Yeah. There's a scene where, where Sal and I kicked each other's butts, literally, we in the filmed streets that. of St. Louis. <laughs> we filmed that at night on the streets of St. Louis. We threw up a red gel kicker and used a, a phosphorescent street lamp as lighting. That's all we had. That's awesome. And it was so dramatic and cool looking. Yeah. I mean, we just had, we were on top of cars. We were sla- You guys were slamming each other into vehicles. <laughs> I found the name. Time. So those of you listening, if you want to go on YouTube and look up Epic Photographer Movie Trailer, it's under Song Freedom Licensing. That's right. It was kind of like a Matt yeah. Johnson. Yeah. yeah. Song Freedom. Thing. Matt Thompson. Thompson, sorry. <laughs> See, they would call that the photographer battle. Because they didn't even mention the video on there, right? You know, they it's may have, movie, I guess. but that was like the abbreviated title. Yeah, it that's might also, say it. That's at also the end. going back like what five years ago, six years ago. When it was, I hope longer than that with the bad was, acting you saw. It might even <laughs> might even be, but it, there was. I mean, that was like the beginning of the photographer versus videographer culture subculture really mm-hmm. coming to the surface, yep. and because the DSLRs were yes. moving, they were blurring yes. lines so much. Yep. Uh, it was an interesting time. It's it was fun. we we always live in interesting times these days, I think. But that was that was fun. <laughs> it was fun. Were you riding a were you riding like a tricycle? I remember there's like all sorts of interesting Someone vehicles. was. I was not on a tricycle. Uh-huh. I feel like maybe Joey Switzer was. He may have been. I don't remember that. I don't know. That's not something that I, I mean, call. it fits him. So, <laughs> I think know. I had a lens grenade. Ooh, That's what I you had. Did. I, I had threw it at your head. I had you blew me up. I had to play some sort of a uh, you were like Mr. A special Anderson. Agent. I was like the oh, uh, agent. Oh, that's right. I was like yes. the agent, and that's I had to right. do this scene in front of a laptop where I was, was like talking good. to like a green screen. Yeah. And I remember just really playing up the the acting yeah. angle. So the fun part about this is you will look and you will find the trailer, but you will not <laughs> find the full length film. No, However, that? that full length film was made. And I have seen yeah. it. It was in, it's in development hell. That's what they call uh, development hell. Okay. What does uh, that mean? Where in, in movie in the movie world, if something is in development hell, it's stuck somewhere in the corporate process. It's stuck somewhere in the um yeah. like it, it, it it created place. process. Yeah, it got <laughs> stuck when it got to Salsancada and he right. said no. <laughs> it's it's right there. It's right there with the Superman that Nicolas Cage was supposed to be in. And that was and, the thing. And a ma- and a matrix know. reboot. It's kind of like stuck in the same wow. Yeah, I always learn new video cool stuff with you guys. Have some way to pull out the Nick Cage Superman movie. Dude, did you ever see that there's a photo awesome. floating around online of Nick Cage in a Superman suit because they actually had fitted him. They went through the whole pre-production oh, process goodness. and they have Nick Cage in what a Superman a suit. Superman he looks cast. so stupid. Yeah. It really does cuz like you picture like <laughs> Henry Cavill and uh the, the guy Brandon before him, they were good-looking guys like Superman and then Nick Cage is just this like <laughs> It's just weird. Nick Cage only pulled off a bad guy uh-huh. once, and it uh-huh. was in Face Off Face with off. John Travolta. Now, yeah, now imagine Caster Troy as Superman. Well, it's Caster <laughs> Troy. I could eat a peach for hours. <laughs> no, you did not. Stop it. Oh, man. <laughs> you can't bring That's my wife awesome. on these things, man. Sorry. <laughs> it just goes downhill so quick. It's a line. My goodness. Anyway. That's awesome. Were we well, going to talk about something yeah, important? What, what, what are we going to talk about? Well, this is like, I've had so many people just asking me for more and more of the, uh, to have husband and wife teams on. And we have had a number of husband and wife teams on the show. 
uh, Sarah and Rick Pendergraft are regulars on the show. Um, Garrett Namber Baird have been on a number of times. Do you know them? I no, not okay. personally. No. Yeah, they they do some great stuff as well. Um, we had a couple from uh, a couple from England on. So we've had a number of different husband wife teams, but you guys are really unique in that. You know, Vanessa, you're all about the photography. I am. Rob, you're all about the video. And y'all have done some interesting things in education, even where you're working together in education. I remember one of the first classes that I took, um, you know, at any sort of official level was y'all's creative life class that you did on Fusion mm-hmm. back oh, in the day. And uh, creative life, yeah. And yeah. I got into I got into Fusion after that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Nice. Yeah, that was an interesting um, time in the industry just because because of DSLR video becoming, you know, what it is. And because uh, photographers now had video capabilities in their hands, we're like, hey, use it. You can use you? this. Yeah. It's why got a red you? button, push it. Right, right. And, <laughs> yeah. we, you know, I don't think it ever really took off the way it was, you know, we had envisioned it. Not that we were the catalyst for it. But, but you it know, definitely made a lot of people money. Yeah. 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 I mean, it and certainly inspired. helped me a ton. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Inspired right. plenty of people. Sure. But it was an interesting dynamic that we had coming in because we could give both sides of the uh, of the picture when it comes to wedding, videography, photography, um, uh, you know, and then how to work together. So that right. became like a, a central theme yeah. in everything we taught. Well, because, you know, you go back to our relationship, you and I, you know, that's how we first hung out was because we worked together. So we've always had that as a positive rather than a negative, I think. Right. I don't think we worked together long enough for it to turn into a negative. I think after a while, it probably did. Yeah. I mean, you know, (laughs) listen, you're not married for eight years working side by side without there being a few caveats um, and and learning that working together isn't always going to be. No. Uh, peaches. But so. it, it does say a lot that, you know, Rob has second shot for me before and I have shot video for him before. Did you, you actually did a really good job. Oh, I And I've asked that. you again to yeah. come back and second shoot for me and you refused. Yeah. You know what it is? <laughs> I actually enjoy shooting video. I hate shooting on sticks. I hate shooting on monopods so or tripods. That's why or... we need to put a GH5 in That's what I was just going to say. Yeah. Give exactly. her some image Canon stabilization. Canon won't hear this, but maybe yeah. I should try that. You should yeah. try it. Yeah. Good. Maybe now can we buy that GH5S? No, no, we can't. It's not in the budget. <laughs> you know, now, see, that's another thing. You notice how I had to ask her. Yeah, I did notice Right, because marriage yeah. is about, you know, permissions, and it's about, you know, making sure you're on the same page. So. Well, it's also the fact that you guys are working together, so it's not just, you know, it's not just the marriage aspect, but it's also the business aspect of things. Yeah, right? and she's very much the business person. So, you know, when I you – know, which is funny because – I started my business first you and did. you came to me seeking not not business advice but you no, just kind of wanted did. to see how it would how things work cuz you were going to venture out onto your own Do you at that remember? Time. I, of course you came Do to you my office. Do you remember the piece of one I asked you one business advice that you would give to me starting out. Do you remember what it was? I don't remember. I do. I actually I tell people this all the time. You told me that I needed to lay a good foundation and I needed to have an organizational system in place that was ready for when I grew. I'm so wise. So Man, wise. Look at that wisdom. Well, look you know what's that. funny is like I look back on the way I was running my business then and I didn't know anything. And I, I think to a point now, I still well, struggle. Well, that BS worked out really well it for did. me. It's so. <laughs> one of those things that sounds good coming out, but was it in practice? Um, I was really um, flying by the seat of my pants when I first started my business because I'm, I'm an artist. I'm not a business person. I've learned to become a better business person, but I'm not 
she is just such a natural. And we operate two totally separate businesses where like some of the other examples in the industry are, are a husband and wife working on one project together. Right. And you or and I have one a different business. one business. And we just have a different dynamic in that respect. But there's a lot of crossover. And when mm-hmm. she sees me doing something that's not benefiting my business, she's quick to right the ship. Yeah. And I'm grateful that I have her here to do that because who got it? I mean, I've had a successful <laughs> business, but God only knows what it would have been had I not had her influence in that area. I'm so glad I'm this not is kissing recorded. Your butt. I'm just I'm, just, <laughs> I'm totally honest. You know. That's awesome. So how did you guys meet and get started in all of this? Did y'all shoot a wedding together or what happened? We did. That's we exactly were, it. Really? Yeah. So we were um <laughs> the way I tell the story, it's I like to tell it this way because it's dramatic and i'm a dramatic person um she uh we i walk into brides prep and i used to get there ahead of the photographer still do sometimes because i just want to be there early and establish my ground and uh she came walking through the door of the bride's bedroom and the wind machine was on and her hair was blowing and she just had that sultry walk as she walked no she was just dressed in all black and her hair was pulled back or like typical (laughs) wedding photographer but she looked great i was like oh my gosh who is this and uh you know, we got to talking throughout the day and we just had this natural sort of back and forth. And plus I was. And not just us, the, rolling the, around the businesses the that we were working for. We weren't working for ourselves yet. Mm-hmm. We yeah, we were, were both people. outsourcing. Well, not outsourcing, but we were permanent shooters for another, each of us, another company. And, you know, I was getting creative angles and she was seeing how I was shooting. And, you know, I always valued getting along with a photographer because it just meant an easy day for me. And she was hot. And she was also very friendly. <laughs> and it was like, this is cool. I kind of like this. And then we worked together quite a few times. Yeah. And then it was... Five years later. Who better. referred who? We both did. We both did. Yeah. We actually had yeah. a meeting at one point where it was like... Um, Getting the businesses together. How can we refer each other more? Yeah. And we, we did. Yeah, we did for we a long time. We kept the professional. He brought his girlfriend at the time to that meeting. Oh. <laughs> and you had your boyfriend with you at the time. No, he wasn't there. Oh. I mean, I had one, but he wasn't there. Yes, he was. Just like, uh, we the, when we went to the restaurant in Red Bank? He was there? Absolutely. That shows how there. much I cared. You just swapped. <laughs> <laughs> he was absolutely there. Did y'all swap? Did, did yeah. they get together? <laughs> that would be actually really funny. <laughs> but no. Yeah, no. So, yeah, that's how we met. And, uh, you know, it really, yeah, we didn't date right away. We, it was five years. And then we. Um, one night after a wedding, we were just all, we would go out for drinks after the wedding and we were just all hanging out. And then <laughs> I just planted a kiss on her at the end of the night. And not on my cheek. <laughs> nice. And a year later, we were married. It was a year later we were married. Yeah. It was, it, things progressed really quickly because we just, you know, they, you know what they say, oh, when you find the person you want to be with the rest of the life, your life, you want your life to start as quickly as possible. And it was kind of like that. But there, we saw so much potential, not only for how we felt about each other, we even tried to break up at one point. Did we? Yeah. We did. There, we uh, had this. We had this. We have a it's a long story, anyway. We, we had this <laughs> that thing. That I don't where, remember. Clearly, my memory of our relationship is very limited. <laughs> there were there were some there were some things that had to work out first. Um, but we, you know, we we both looked to the future as um, you know, like oh, we obviously like each other. But then there was this like, wow, we can share not only a life, but we can share a life. Mm. We can Work share life. a career. Yeah. We can share a passion. We can right. share something that we can create something together, and that was. I've always valued that throughout our whole, I still to this day value that so much. Um, and now we have a family and kids and the whole nine yards. But yeah, that that's how it all came to be. Yeah, that's it. Awesome. So talk to me now about what the dynamic looks like. I mean, you're working together. Y'all have a, a studio that you've built out on your property. And you guys are, I imagine, sharing that space together. What does it look like on on the daily of you guys running separate businesses that are like very much still obviously, you know, very connected? 
you know, it's really evolved. It really has because yeah. in the beginning, we literally worked at the same desk as each other. When we first got married, moved in together, we were literally on the same desk. And then he does this thing, he's doing it right now, where he's shaking his leg <laughs> and it would shake the whole desk. At one point, there was an earthquake in New Jersey and it took me a second to even notice it was an earthquake because I figured it was just Rob shaking the desk. I think I turned to you and said, you're shaking the desk. Yeah. <laughs> because admittedly, I do that same thing with my leg. Yeah. Right? I just kind of shake my leg. Uh, and then we really couldn't do that anymore. So we had separate rooms. And then we finally moved. And literally, we're at opposite corners of the house. And I think now, that's why we bought that house. Probably. But now we're back at the same desk again. And I think it's been pretty peaceful. It has been. I've learned to control myself. When I'm editing audio, it can be pretty raucous. Because when I deal with bad audio... Um, yeah. I'm, I'm very quick to let the expletives fly. He and that's and little... he has headphones on, so they're loud because he doesn't realize how yeah. loud he's cursing. Yeah, you know, and I'm usually cursing out, you know, whatever. I don't know, whatever it is. It, it's just um, I, I've learned to call, you know, just to, to catch myself in those moments and say, okay, come on. I'm kind of moving into her office because the whole reason we're back at the same desk is our studio. We just finished phase two of construction. Yeah. So I had the entire, if anybody had ever seen my podcast, I had a whole broadcast facility. Um, it's still there, but we had to move out of it while we were doing construction. So I moved back into the, into the main house and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, we've been working together for what, like six months. Yeah. Something like that. Something to that effect. So now we're getting ready to move back into that space and then we'll still have separate floors. Yeah. And the daily stuff between us, you know, our businesses are separate. They're not yeah. the same business that does photo and video. And we specifically chose that. I always say I married the man, not the business. Yeah. And it wasn't for anything having to do with either of our businesses. It's just that in New Jersey, New York area, if you are a photo video company, Maybe not as much now, but at least then it had a negative stigma to it and it, it was perceived as low end and we didn't want that because we wanted to be more of a high end boutique style. In order to do that, you make yourself, you know, niche. So you do one thing and you specialize in it and you charge more for it. But it's interesting because it is kind of coming full circle again where you're seeing a lot of companies that were niche and boutique are starting to take on the dual role again, mainly on the videographer side. I'm seeing a lot of my videographer friends in my area start adopting photo into their businesses. So uh, yeah, you know, it's starting to become more prevalent in that respect. Uh, but we've, even though we've always kept our businesses separate, there's always been like this funnel of teaming up on educational products or, or mm -hmm. projects. So that is where we're kind of steering more towards now. So our businesses are relatively we're established. We're coming back together. We're coming back together in, a, in an educational... <laughs> bringing um, the band back together. We're, bringing, yeah. <laughs> we're on a mission from God. We're trying to... Um, you know, focus more. And with that's kind of the whole reason I'm outfitting that studio is to create this content um, and, and having a built-in in-house production facility is going to be great for that. But that brings back the idea of having to work together more often. And we're going to be right back where we were in the beginning when we were mm -hmm. working side by side so much uh, and, and, and making that work. But we have more wisdom behind us now, I think. Yes. I mean, do you remember the first weddings after we were married that we were filming we together, photographing scream. together? I would scream. I would get, and this is, I was a hothead and I would, we would get into screaming, man. I was so unprofessional. I'm embarrassed when I go back and think about how and I would never behave. never in front of anyone, by the way. Except our, except <laughs> our crew, our staff, but I would be, yeah. I'm mortified yeah. when I think about that now. Like my, lack of ability to control myself um and i wasn't we weren't bat arguing over anything heavy it was like where to put them for first look hmm. <laughs> it's true but we would yeah. fight and we would we'd let our sometimes we'd let our marital uh issues come into these workplace <laughs> yeah. um, squabbles and it was not professional and it took us a good two or three years 
of talking about it and really mm-hmm. working on it behind the scenes to, to make sure it didn't happen. And you alluded to something that's been helpful, I think, where you, and not that you go to the bride's prep to like stand your ground first, but we've learned to stagger the things that we do. So instead of us both going to bride prep and either fighting over the details or my biggest pet peeve as a photographer is when I have a videographer that like stares at me, do all the work, set up the details and then films over my shoulder, massive yeah. pet peeve of mine. Um, he goes first so that he has a half an hour and has basically a half an hour, you know, edge d- ahead d- of details, me. Right. And then I come in and so we end up staggering everything that we have to do. It's helpful. It does help. And we're also very, we're much more respectful of each other now. Mm-hmm. I think the issue in the beginning was I didn't feel like she had respected what I was trying to do. Although she did. I just didn't see it that way. My ego was too big. I think I was looking at it as, no, I'm the man. I'm in charge here. You step out of my way, little miss, and let me do what I got to do. <laughs> Meanwhile, Plus, photo tends to be traditionally the one in charge. Right. So but, and then I was also in a position where I was trying to stand my ground as a cinematographer, not a videographer. So there was this whole like so new paradigm of like, no, video <laughs> is just as important. And it was it caused yeah. a lot of I'm fights. I'm pretty sure we had fights if I ever in public called you a videographer instead of a cinematographer. Something to that. Probably, <laughs> yeah. probably back when that actually Battered. Yeah. You know, now it's like you you grow and you mature and and things have changed. I mean, we right. you know, marriage will change you as a person. If it doesn't, something's not working. Yeah. I mean, you're supposed to change. You're supposed to grow and evolve. And yeah. not only in business have, have we done that, but obviously personally. And that has changed the way we do business together because now everything is about respect. It's a give and take. It's a push and a pull. Um, I would never presume to step on her feet, although I sometimes do. I'm, I'm human. I make mistakes. Yeah. And then sometimes, you know, I don't say things as respectfully as I should. Whether or not it was intentional just comes out because I'm not a very fluffy person. We need to do this more often because this is like yeah. marriage counseling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure all the husband wife teams out there are like, oh, my gosh, we're not weird. Oh, finally, there's more people that are like this. <laughs> exactly. But it, I mean, it really does make a difference to um, approach things from a team perspective. Yeah. And I think that's what we we learned to do. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I hope the husband and wife teams enjoyed that rant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So talk to me. This is an interesting piece then about all that is during the creative session with the couple, um, you know, you've you finished all the family portraits. You're taking the couple away to do some photos, just the two of them. Talk to me about that dynamic when you work together mm-hmm. and how you sort of trade off because obviously – Everything, every pose that you do for photography doesn't necessarily translate yes. great to video, vice right. versa. Mm-hmm. Although probably videos, some of the poses, that, or not the poses, but the situations that we put them in still make great photos. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk to me about that dynamic between the two of you. Well, so we had a situation recently. I was editing a video and I'm looking back and I remembered very clearly after looking at the footage. Oh, yeah, we had a fight this day. Um, it's Jamie and Kevin. Oh, uh, we were. Oh, Hope you're not we listening, were, Jamie and Kevin. We were doing. <laughs> we were doing a uh, photo session in a. You know, uh, it was a golden hour, and the sun was coming through the trees. And we had very limited time, and Vanessa's very efficient when she does photos. So she'll, you know, when she does her groups, families, and bridal party, she keeps them all in the same backdrop. She just yeah. builds them up, breaks yeah. them down, right? So in, for a videographer, that's the last thing we want. It's the same background, same background, same background. And although I don't shoot too much of those group shots right. you know but when it comes to the couple i'm raring to go i'm a horse yeah. and i'm on my hind legs and i'm like let's get some footage we need to get some stuff because i have to get inside film for cocktail hour i gotta get the room details you know like we gotta get this done but meanwhile on my end i gotta get done all of the breakdowns of all of those groups and she wanted a lot of different breakdowns and a lot of different you know 
I don't know, tight, large extended fun family. bridal party photos as well as the regular bridal party photo. And it was just a lot. Um, and it was an interesting day. We actually did have a lot of time, but there's also travel and different things. So it was kind of like out of my control a little bit because I just, I want to do what the client wants and he wants that too. I was itching just as much to get to the bride and groom creative session. And when we did, I think we just butted heads because it was like, you know, she was working with them and I'm like, I have my own ideas. I want to do my... It, we run into that a lot. And it some, still happens. In some weddings, we work really well. Like if situations are ideal, like there's plenty of time and okay, babe, go ahead. You do what you got to do and she'll and look at me and go, okay. we started like a tag team back and forth. Right. It is kind of, it's like a tag team back and forth. We will do it like that. Or I'll say, hey, look, when you're done with this, can you just leave them? I want to do a super wide from back here. So we yeah. just back everybody up. Or we want to put the drone in the air. Can I just do that real quick? Right. And where our communication has gotten better is she'll say to me, look, we really don't have time to do that. And, you know, I'm not... I. Let's let's face it. Sometimes I do take a back seat because the list comes first. The sure. list has to come first. But then there's other times where she just whips through very quickly and efficiently what she has to do. And then there's plenty of time. And then yeah. I'll just take over at some, you know, toward and the I end of love, some. By the way, if any you know photographers are listening to this, let your videographers take over in the creative session because I get some amazing stuff when I get the chance just to step back. Put on a long lens and let someone else direct for once. Right, not have to control the situation. Yeah. And of course, you know, for me, like I like I have like a million shots in my mind that I can knock out. And to give me two minutes. I demonstrated this on stage in Brazil. I spoke in Brazil, and I, I put a countdown clock up on the uh, up on the screen. And I had a couple with me on stage that didn't speak English, by the way. And in two minutes, I set up eight or ten shots. It was something like that, real yeah. quick. Uh, you know, and 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 that's all I need. Is that yeah. two minutes? And if I can just get that two minutes, I can get gold. Yeah. Because what do you need for a 10-minute highlights? You need six or seven really good photo session shots, right? Right. I mean, that's plenty. If you have more than that, great. If not, you know, you're struggling maybe. But, you know, we, we've gotten good at that give and take, that back and forth. You take some, I'll take some. And sometimes it works and sometimes it's stressful. Yeah. It just depends on the situation that we're in, you know. But we don't look at – we don't – say you're going to divide this time in half it that's just unrealistic right it doesn't work that way yep doesn't work yeah i do find like that trade-off that back and forth when you can switch ideas with the photographer helps so much too because i think it helps both people to be able to like take a, a sort of a mental breather yes while the other person's working and then you've got you know while they're doing their thing you're sort of thinking about the next idea because so not true. everybody can hop on their Mustang and go like you, Rob. <laughs> but, yeah. it's, there's times where um, I work with other photographers and I actually like it better than working with my wife because I could I can be a little bit more aggressive and get what I want. <laughs> yeah, um, makes sense. You know, and then there's times I work with other photographers who I have a massive amount of respect for. Not that I don't respect the others, but just people in the industry that I've worked with for many years and I have sure. a tremendous amount of respect. And they set it up perfectly. I don't have to direct. Yeah. Literally, like there's some photographers I work with, no offense to my wife, it's just the way that these other photographers shoot. It's a style They just or whatever they put the them in golden is. light and I'm just like, I don't need to do anything else. Right. I could just get these shots and I'm happy. I'm good. Maybe direct the bride room a little bit. Hey, look down. You right. Know, like, uh, I think it matters too, to like because some people's style is more posy and others is more, um, you know, getting them to laugh together or whatever the case is. And so it just, that's part of it too, you know. Right. The, the challenge comes when you work with a photographer who is one specific style, like light and airy, but you're a videographer that likes light and shadow. Right. Right. Now you got to take extra time to put that couple in light that matches your style. Yep. So that's where you need to communicate. And I think I've, I've preached communication for so many years with photographers. I, I almost feel like um, 
while there is a good amount of respect going back and forth between the two uh, vendor types, I still think I, I think a lot of photographers now are seeing that as white noise. Hmm. And it's almost like, yeah, I'm going to ask for this, but I don't have to really give him what he needs. Hmm. If that makes sense. I'm just finding some, not pushback, but almost like a lack of care hmm. from some photographers. You know, that's just my personal. I don't work with photographers, so I can't. Yeah. I can't but say. what's your experience <laughs> with videographers then? Because when you don't work with me, what it, what are some of the things that you run into that make you miss working with me? None. No, you know, it's funny. Videographers in the past 10 years have just progressively gotten a little bit more involved. And that's not to say that's bad or good or anything. It's just to say that it's different. You know, back in the day, you barely even talked to each other. You hardly even spoke to each other. They would just throw their tripod on the wheels and be wherever they were and did their thing. And that was it. And they didn't want any control of anything. Uh, there weren't as many first looks at all. So even that wasn't a factor. And now it's a little bit different. You know, working with other videographers, to be honest, because I know video now, I'm, I'm a little judgmental. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell. Like, you mm. don't know what you're doing, do you? <laughs> That's not the way Rob would do it. <laughs> right, right. Um, so, but it's it's more of a team effort. It depends. I don't always work with video either. There's that aspect. Sure. I don't always have somebody that I'm shooting with. Yeah, that's interesting to think about too, because since, you know, I started out in photography and basically never worked with a videographer, you know, at that time, you know, nine years ago. And, but now, you know, if you're doing video, you're definitely working with a photographer. I mean, mm -hmm. but it's interesting to think about the other aspect of a lot of photographers are just not used to working with a videographer. They aren't. You know, especially people who are sort of, um, well, I don't even know if it is, I was going to say people who are mid to low end, but I don't even know if that's the case because there are certainly high end weddings that they still don't have a videographer sure. at. So mm -hmm. it can be preference. It doesn't have to necessarily right. do with budget. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Some people are not sold on the idea of the video fantasy, mm -hmm. you yeah. know, but as a, as a married couple working on weddings together, we, it really does face its own chat. You, you have this very unique set of challenges um, because I think there's a natural preservation that happens. Like when you show up for a wedding day, you're representing your business. I'm representing my business. You have your crew, which you have to maintain a certain level of leadership over. I have my crew that has to, you know, follow my direction and that, you know, you sort of become two separate teams in a, in a sense. Um, and although we have this personal relationship, it sort of like becomes like, a fight for survival, not survival, but it becomes, you know, self-preservation in sure. a sense. And it's tough. It almost seems like every wedding we work together, I have to unlearn that. I have to overcome that hurdle in the beginning. And then as the day goes on, it gets a little easier. I think it's just the morning is so stressful. The morning. See, it's funny for me. The morning is less stressful. Really? It's afterwards that's more stressful. And I do have to say, even though we're getting into the nitty gritty of what it's like to work together, you know, the husband and wife team aspect when it's, really so much more than just work for us. Anytime I work with him, our products are light years better than working with very other photographers. Mm -hmm. Even not to say that it's noticeably better, but 
our crews even know how to work around each other. There is right. no, I need to tap that person on the shoulder and get them out of my shot, except for one person that I know you say kind of gets in the way sometimes. But yes, but I love them, so it's okay. It, yeah, because they're family. Yeah. Everyone's Not literally. Family. I mean, they're just, we've worked with this person so long. Right. I don't yeah. get upset about it. It's whatever. Well, that's just the thing. Mistakes so, happen. you know, when our crews work together, it is family. It's like home. And when you're more comfortable that way, you can be more creative. And then that shows, I think, on, on the couple's products, their yeah. video and their photos. Yeah, I agree. I agree. How does that dynamic work in the booking phase for you guys? We still book kind of separately. Again, we mm-hmm. because we are fairly expensive for our area, I we try not to lump some at all at them because that's very daunting as opposed right. to separating it. But we do meet with couples together uh, or, you know, we tag team we who tag holds team the off. baby and who's yeah. on the consult call and then we switch. We right? don't ever anymore. Well, I can't remember the last time we did sit side by side and do a dual consultation. Ashley and Vito. That's a long time ago. It was probably eight months ago. That was probably the last time we right. sat no, down No, a lot of the time it's, it's a lot of the time it's she'll do a sales call and then at the end they're like, um, oh yeah, do you can you recommend video? And she's like, oh my husband does great video. Here and she'll mm-hmm. send the link to the website in the chat and then go get me. Yeah. And then I'll come down and present. Cool. But our conversion rate's not very high. Because we we still only book about we still only do about twenty percent of our overall weddings together. So if you look at the conversion rate, if you reverse engineer the conversion rate, you know, uh, you know, looking at how many you meet versus how many you book, it's not very high. Right. You know, it used to be very high when our price points were lower. Yeah. Well, we could book a lot together. That's but how that's, it is. That's all <laughs> right. price point, you know. Yeah. That's cool, though. Uh, are you finding more? My guess would be that Vanessa would send more to you just because photographers are generally booked first. Has that been the case or has there been some overlap? It's a, there's been some overlap. I get a lot of brides now that find me. Here, here's what here's my experience with bookings. I get a ton of leads and they're all like, oh my God, I see your work. It's amazing. You're the first vendor I'm reaching out to. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. you're not booking right now. Yeah. Because they're going to go and they're going to book their haul. Then they're going to book their photographer. Then they're going to circle back to me if they have the money, right? Mm. That's most of them, except for the ones that are like, we're getting you no matter what. Right. Um, so I do see some overlap where I do send them. I send a lot of leads her way, but I think those brides are more or less price shopping at that point. So they're not looking at the higher end vendors. So the, the sticker shock's pretty noticeable yeah. to them. As far as the ones that we actually book together, it's usually... The other way around. The other way around. Yeah, it's usually coming from you. Or yeah. we have, they just know together that, you know, we do what we do. I had a bride the other day. And that's from word of mouth, by the way. Those are right, couples that have mouth. seen us work on a friend's video, of, you know, photo and video. And they're like, there's no way I'm hiring anybody else but Vanessa but, and Rob. Right, yeah. but these two. Yeah. But it did have something fun happen the other day. I think I told you about it. I had a girl talk to me, Instagram, I think found me from there and was um, looking at my about me, which... I didn't know anybody even reads, but the, she was reading it and she saw that I was married to you because I mentioned it on there and she screamed as she's looking at my website. Oh my God, I can't believe they're married. I've been following Rob since 2012 <laughs> and yeah. it was just awesome. a, a wonderful coincidence at the time. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. And that, yeah. that's where bookings occur. Yeah. That, yeah. That's, the, that's the fertilizer for a booking. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they scream on the phone. It's I mean, always a good thing. They so to see the price too. They did. They did. <laughs> um, yeah, she did book with both of us though. Also, that's awesome. <laughs> Very cool. So uh, Rob Dunlap wants to know what is y'all's celebrity couple name? 
Is it? <laughs> oh God, do we even have one? Rowessa. You know, it's kind of hard <laughs> because some people don't realize we're even married. Because I use Rob. my middle name. I'm right. Vanessa Joy. He's Rob right. Adams. Yeah. So, yep. I don't know. We've never even discussed this. Rebe- <laughs> is it Rebessa or Roy? Van Rob. Roy, you could go. Or is it Rob Joy? Rob Joy. That has a negative connotation. I've never really <laughs> been given this any thought whatsoever. Like Rob Essa. Can we go with Rob Essa? I like Rob Essa. Rob Essa. Sounds very Latin American. Hey, well, we yeah. just had uh, Venezuelan. That's true. We did. We just so. had some great Venezuelan arepas. <laughs> yeah. So they come to Austin and then they recommend the place to me to eat rather than the other <laughs> way around. But it worked out fantastic. We were going to so. hit up Torchy's Tacos, but we had had tacos two days before. It's in a, in a, in in the a row. row. Two days in a row. So well, we were a little taco. As out. you should, because when you're in Austin, you Ta- need to have I didn't know this was tacos. the taco capital of the world. Tex-Mex? Yeah, I had no idea. Okay. Um, they are looking in here like I we need that. to leave. I see that. Well we've, well, we've kind of taken over a room here at... We uh, have. At Precision Camera. <laughs> yes. Spotlight, highlight. Okay. <laughs> so oh, I can't say that. You say that. What if, we, what, if we, what if we pause <laughs> and see what else we can do here? Okay. Is running your business taking away from the time that you have to make better wedding films? Do you feel disorganized? What happens when a hot lead goes cold after your first email response? Do you have a system in place to stay in contact with them? Do you find yourself asking... Where was that bride's phone number again, and have they paid their invoice or not? Which package do they get, and what are their deliverables? How organized are your financial records when it comes to tax time? Wouldn't it be awesome if you could afford forty dollars or $50,000 to pay someone to take care of all this extra stuff for you? I've got an idea. How about you sign up for 17 hats and pay just $300 a year to let their amazing online software take care of all of this for you? Before I got 17 hats, I was buried in a sea of unorganized emails, spreadsheets, bank statements, receipts, sticky notes, Google Docs, and more. I was letting hot leaves go cold because I couldn't remember who to stay in contact with. I was spending weeks trying to get my tax records organized for my accountant. It was awful. And now I pay 17 hats, just $300 a year, and they do all of that for me. It's like having a full-time assistant working around the clock on your business, making sure that everything is organized, invoices are paid on time, and making you look like a real pro to your clients. And now, 17 Hats is giving you an amazing offer. When you use the link at the top of our website, WeddingFilmAcademy.org, you'll get 15% off the list price, and it's a great way for you to help keep us making great content each week for you. If you want to learn more about 17 Hats, go back in the archives and listen to the podcast that we did with them. We actually got to chat with the CEO and one of the VPs of 17 Hats for an hour. So definitely go back and listen to that podcast as well if you want to learn more. Thanks a ton. Let's get back to the show. Okay, so we are back. We just got kicked out of a room. We were here at Precision Camera in Austin, Texas, which, by the way, is a fantastic camera store. It's a great store. So if you are in the Central Texas area and you don't know about Precision, step your game up and come check this place out because it really is fantastic. I actually get to view, to check out a ton of the different camera stores when I travel with Panasonic. So I've seen them all over the place and... Um, you know, it's it's hard to compete with what Precision is doing here. So it's a beautiful store. When I walked in, I mean, this is the first time we've been here and walked in. The place is just really well laid out. Lots of equipment on hand to demonstrate. It's really nicely decorated. Yeah, it's a nice nice spot. Yeah, nice big education room. Cool. 
So uh, one of our other listeners, Ryan Stark, is asking about how y'all handle the situation with two young kids. So y'all been married for nine years? Eight years. Eight years. And you've got a three-year-old and a five-month-old. That's correct. Mm -hmm. So how are y'all handling the situation with running your businesses and having young kids? Mm. It. It was a fear for us for a really long time because, you know, when you're single and you're working and things are going well, it's like, you know, I don't want to throw Why a bomb we gonna torpedo this, this right now. Yeah. And it wasn't until I was speaking to another friend of mine, Natalie Lassini, who's a wonderful photographer in New Jersey. And she looked at me and said, Vanessa, you can just get help. I'm like, oh, but that's expensive. <laughs> She's like, no, no, no. You can get an au pair. I'm like, what's an au pair? And... It is like half the price of daycare, a live-in nanny. Live-in nanny, essentially, you know, from yeah. overseas on an exchange program. Yeah, so. and I'd like to answer this by telling you I'm super mom, but I'm not. So that's the truth. Right. We have an au pair, and yeah. it's a lifesaver. We have help, and we have grandparents that live nearby. We have grandparents that live nearby. I, I don't have much family, but Vanessa's family has been just a, a ginormous help. So wedding days get covered. You know, sometimes we have to split it up. Sometimes we can only have the au pair on duty for 10 hours at a time mm. in one particular day. So we have, and we do have to give her some weekends off. So we, um, we split the time sometimes to cover weddings. And then during the week, we get the au pair for 45 hours a week. That's part of the deal. Mm. So we're able to find enough time to, to sit down and run our businesses. And it's nice because we're still in we're on the homestead. So rather, you know, we can be there if the child needs something or if right. we just want to take extra time and spend with the child. We mm -hmm. have this, it's a really great situation. We can be parents and still run our businesses. So if you have the means to do an au pair situation and the room, because they do live with you, um, that to me is the ideal, the ideal situation. And then if you don't have the means to do that, you just have to find a way to run your business so that you are working smarter and you're working less, less hours. In my photography business, my wedding photography business, I only work roughly four hours a week. Mm. It is almost nothing, unless I'm shooting because weddings are longer than that. Or e-sessions. Yeah, like right. like the yeah. four-hour work week. Yeah. That was a book it, That's literally what it is. And I did read Tim Ferriss' Tim book. Ferris, and yeah, I very much uh, loved it and took it to heart and realized, you know what? I got to do this. And now that's something I teach. I teach workflow efficiency, not just to photographers, videographers, but to business owners in general. It's one of the business consulting things I do. Because you can get so much of your life back or... You can work on your on your business rather than in your business. Or you can work on side projects. Like Rob and I were just talking about this, walking into the camera store. We're so excited, you know, to, to do stuff together on the educational front. Uh, if you know about Adorama TV, I do a TV show there. And it was good. It was fine. But this last round of six videos, I got Rob to shoot and edit them. Nice. And now they're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So you get to do side, side projects when you make your primary business run. Like a well-oiled machine. Right. And, you know, I'm learning on the video side, it's a little different because the workflow is heavier. Let's not, let's not fool sure. anybody. Anybody who works in the videography world knows that the workflow is much heavier and outsourcing is limited. Uh, not that it can't be done. The options are limited. Right. And it's a very tough thing to let go of control over because editing photos, yeah, you know, you have to find somebody who can nail your style. Video, you need to find a jack of all trades. Right. They have to be able to edit a story, color grade, audio mix, or you need to hire multiple people that can handle those things. Right. Not an easy business model. It really isn't, especially when you don't command the prices that photographers do. It can be really tough. Mm. So how do you balance that? And in this now my 12th year of business, 
I'm finally starting to let go of the reins. Mm. Uh, I had a team of editors a few years ago, which freed up my time. Yep. But now I'm starting to go. I came back to it of editing myself because I was doing a very limited number of weddings per year. But now I'm going back to the outsourcing realm or, or hiring realm yeah. because I want to free up that time like she's talking about. So she's actually helping me to find ways to work smarter, not harder awesome. um, to, to make the business. And we want to be parents. We want to be present for our kids. Yep. And it's not easy. I mean, we're running ultimately we have what four businesses total three three now so i mean it really it, it, you can get drowned you can drown really quickly but yep. our children are you know keeping us with our eyes focused on really what's important <laughs> well we just moved into we're in we, an office yeah we moved into an office i wonder if there's any way to michael scott dial three two one michael scott dial three two one mute Radio edit. Whatever. We'll see. <laughs> I think it makes it sound authentic. Yeah, that's right. It's all good. <laughs> yep. Real it's life. Right chillax here. conversation, right? Real life. Um, so talk to me about one of the questions that another one, several of our listeners have asked questions um, is about marketing, what you guys are doing in terms of marketing right now. Obviously, we've talked about in the show so far that you guys are very much doing all that separate from each other. But where are the places where you're investing your time and your money marketing right now? Go ahead. I love Rob just looked right to me. This is not a video this podcast. This is not my foray. This, but this is mine. I love marketing. It is just fun for me. It really is. So right now, Instagram is my heaviest social media push. And relationships are my other push. So with those two things, it's been great. And it's important to know whenever you talk about marketing, everything changes. So where you market will be different, but how you market is always the same because mm -hmm. you are just dealing with humans. You're dealing with human psychology, which is very much the same today as it was 50 years ago. It just manifests itself differently, right. like in the form of selfies more recently <laughs> than not, mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's a little bit, little bit different, but it's just fun. So Branding and marketing are definitely my thing. Actually, your listeners can download a free ebook if they want to on nice. my website. It's nine secret ways to brand your business. Awesome. Because it's not just about logos and packaging. And anyway, so it's not just I have a business and I, I put an ad in the yellow pages and people come to me anymore. I it hope is not. It, well, <laughs> yeah, I hope not too. But it's just so much more. It's not even I have a Facebook page. Now it's I have an Instagram page and it better be well culled and curated and you better have mm. a presence. Otherwise you look like a hacker you started yesterday and I don't want to hire either one of those people. So you have to put so much more effort into it, which is, you know, a daunting task. Nobody likes more added to their plate, but it's a manageable one. So anyway. Long story short, I reveal a lot of those things in that free ebook, which you can get at my website, breatheyourpassion.com. And breathe is spelled with an E at the end, not awesome. breathyourpassion.com. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and on my side, um, we did a, about a year and a half ago, we did a big SEO push hmm. uh, where we really just tried to um, improve the search engine visibility for my business because I was really trying to target outside of the New York, New Jersey area. Yeah. Being that it's so saturated in the videographer world there is underpriced. To say the least, um, my, my price point, I'm literally having to go outside the area to yeah. find the jobs that I want to do. And it's worked really, really well. We've optimized. We hired somebody to do our SEO and optimize it. And we uh, found ourselves page one ranking for best wedding videographer. And that was huge. I'm just, I get a ton of leads from that. Wow. Uh, and, you know, and then I have to obviously filter them through the leads and then, you know, go through the process of, you know, 
marketing specifically and booking booking those brides. Yeah. Um, but that's been huge. And then also just social media in general, just having more of a presence on uh, just bo- boosting up my YouTube channel because that's is that is the second biggest search engine. Uh, and then also Facebook and Instagram. So right. just just by having a more robust presence, because, again, a lot of like she said, a lot of brides are on Instagram now. That's where they're at. Right. And she's booking brides off of Instagram, which is crazy. That I have is yet crazy. to do that. Yeah. I and, either. you know, Rob said he's not that great at it. So he hired a virtual assistant. And nice. the same one that does a lot of my posting. Yeah, because so. I honestly don't have time to sit there and do all my social media. Now, I still have to go in and do certain things, but right. I'm not sitting there taking days of my time to put my content and make it visible. Yeah, yeah. that's one of the things Taylor does for us is our, all of our social accounts. So that's been super helpful. I love what you said, though, when I asked about marketing that you brought up relationships, because I feel like <laughs> that's so overlooked when we talk about marketing is I think about all the things I can do digitally. I think about all the ways I can spend money and procure ads, whether it's Google, Facebook, the local ads, the bridal shows, but you brought up relationships. And I feel like that is so critical is fostering relationships with people in the places with the people that you want to work with, Mm -hmm. the people that, um, you know, maybe are in your local area or, or if it's, you know, destination planners for you, Rob, whatever the case is. And of course, both of you guys do destination work. But but just the idea of reframing marketing as building relationships, I think that's huge, wonderful advice. It is, especially in the wedding industry, because we all work so closely together and there's so much we can give to each other and so much that we can do to build those relationships. Um, for photography, it's it's kind of nice. Well, for video too, you know, you've got a product that you can easily hand off for other people's social media. And we yep. take it for granted that our job is to create content, content, to create the media that ends up going on social media. Right. And other people, florists, halls, planners, dress designers, shoemakers, everyone else has to pay to create that content. So for you to be able to give it to them for free, whether it's photo or video, such a great leg up. Here, here's the crazy thing. Like two or three years ago, even even a little bit further back than that. If somebody asked me for free video, like a florist or a planner, I'd be like, come on, man, that's a lot of work. Because everybody expected, expected like a three-minute video, right? Now, everybody just wants 50 seconds. Yeah. Give them 50 seconds. Give them 30 seconds. I mean, right. I can whip that together in no time. 20 is actually 20. perfect. 20 is like the ideal. put it on an Insta story at 20 seconds right. and they could post it right. later Good if they point. want. So attention spans are so, oh, so short. Just give them something quick because you don't have to spend a lot of time. Give right. them something raw. Give them one clip. Yeah. yeah. It's content for the day, clip. not for the year. Yeah, everybody's on gimbals now anyway. Take your best gimbal shot and give that to them. Yeah. Show the room. Mm-hmm. You know, something like that. Yeah, and we've had... Um, DJs that have asked for that and, and DJs who have paid for that. For I, I sell a, a lot to DJs, a, yeah. You know, a one-minute video for the DJ just to show, hey, they're actually getting people on the dance floor. And right. How easy is that to choose choose an upbeat song real quick and, you know, grab 20 shots to clip together in a, in a reel real quick. And, you know, uh, I think that's a great way to, to collaborate because DJs are one of the earlier things that are booked, at least in our area. Yeah. Um, yes. It's one of the earlier things that's booked. And so by doing that, it's a great way to have another referral source as well. So Plus Absolutely. the link backs. Everything's about link backs. Right. It's all coming back to you. Everybody's using it on social media. So Absolutely. It makes a lot of sense. So I have another question from a listener, which is, what's your exit plan if one gets tired of the biz? So I don't know if this listener is getting tired of the biz, if you guys have thought about that. But I think it is important to think long term whether or not you feel tired of the biz right now or not i think it's important to understand at some point you know 
what we do is a very physical thing. And at some point, you know, our bodies are going to wear down. Uh, So have you guys put much thought into that? So I'm going to be 43 years old this year. I've told myself throughout my whole career, I'm not going to be, I didn't want to be a 45 year old wedding videographer. Now I'm more amending that to be, I don't want to be a 50 year old wedding videographer. I definitely feel younger than I am. Uh, I, you know, I'm not that I'm old. I'm not. It's just, you know, it, it does come to a point. And I know guys who have been in the business who are, you know, in, in their 50s and approaching 60 and are still doing it. I don't want to be that. Um, not because I feel like my body can't take it. Ultimately, I do get tired and I get the wedding hangover and it's every year it gets harder and harder to recoup. What it comes down to is I kind of feel like I've climbed the rope and rung the bell and I want to do something else. Hmm. You know, and I love this business. I love the, the creating the art of a wedding film and I love delivering it to a client and I love putting something out there and people rave about it. That's great. It's all fun. Um, but it's coming down to now that I have kids, I want to spend as much time with them as I possibly can. And I know with this current workflow, that's not going to give me as much flexibility as I'd like. So my exit strategy, you know, I've been fortunate enough to be in a position where I can produce educational content. So that's one way I'm thinking about kind of making a, a slide transition out. But at the same time, if I, if I didn't have that to fall back on, an exit strategy would look more like weaning myself down very slowly. Hmm. You know, I can almost imagine myself taking fewer and fewer jobs. Of course, that's going to mean less and less income. Um, would there be a lateral move into a not so much a lateral move, would there be a sideways move into a part-time position or a full-time position maybe with a, you know, with a company doing something else or maybe doing video for a company on the corporate end or something like that? Um, you know, it just, it really, I, I would, my advice would be to give it a lot of thought ahead of time. Don't wait till you're 42 years old and now start thinking about exit strategy. I've been thinking about this for a long time. Um, start thinking about it now um, and what that looks like to you. You know, and... It actually doesn't matter. I'm going to answer this really differently. It does not matter what your exit strategy is. It matters that you're planning for it financially. That's that's the thing that happens. People, you know, oh, we've got all this money. We're doing weddings. And there's always, of course, people don't do the math and realize what it costs to run a business, what it costs for equipment, costs of sales, whatever. But then on top of that, you know, are you saving for retirement? When do you want to retire? And you're just lumped in with about the 95% of people that don't plan for retirement. If this is kind of hitting you a little bit hard, but as business owners, it's even harder for us to think about that. I think it is as opposed to, you know, oh, there's a 401k option at my job. I guess I'll click yes and it'll take some money and come out. It tends to be harder for us to think about. So regardless of what your exit strategy is, put it down on paper plan for it financially and go through Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University, which Rob and I are currently teaching right now. And it's so helpful, especially if you're carrying the burden of debt. Yeah. Um, if you have any debt in your life, even, <laughs> like gear, a lot yeah. of us have gear debt. Sure, but I mean, I mean, uh, you know, your home. Okay, that's you know, you're paying down your home. That's equity. But if you have a lot of consumer debt, um, Financial Peace University is such a great program just to help you right the ship and to steer it in the direction of retirement. Like if that's the whole ultimate goal is to get you towards retirement. I didn't even think about the monetary. I was thinking more oh, of the yeah. emotional and the um, you know the the how to. How do I find something fulfilling after this life? Right. Absolutely. After, after the wedding film life, you know. But ideally, you yeah. know, you plan for retirement. So maybe you can, you know, quote unquote, retire at the age of 50 so that you have some kind of income there and ready for you to do thing, other things that are emotionally fulfilling for you. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, that's, I think that's really huge. One of the things that I'm doing a lot of thinking about now is how do I build streams of passive income? So yes. mm-hmm. you, 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 both of you guys talked about, uh, you know, the education that you do. I think that's certainly one thing that can be really valuable, but that's not in the cards for everyone. So I think thinking through what are all the other things that you could do to build passive income streams, you know, maybe it's you get into rental property, you know, that's something that, you know, probably anybody can do with 20% down mm-hmm. to start building a portfolio or something like that. Or, you know, there's, there's all kinds of things that you can do that are, um, you know, potential streams of passive income. And I think that's such a great way to be able to, to be able to do the things that you really want in life, to be able to really invest in your kids um, you know, to live the dream like Vanessa and have a four hour work week. <laughs> <laughs> I do I do have well, a four longer. hours on her photography business and about sixty two hours on <laughs> yeah. other on, ventures. But and honestly, sixty two yeah. hours on what I love on to do. On what she loves to do. Yeah. What yeah. I love she to does do. Love. I do a ton of public speaking and traveling and I love it. Yeah. And I yeah. get to do that because of how I built my photography business. Exactly. That's awesome. Very cool. Gonna high five myself. <laughs> <laughs> Sales line seventy two. Sales line seventy two. Um, awesome. Well, this has been a great conversation. If our listeners want to go, you you pointed to one place. Where where are the places where our listeners need to go to find? Uh, on my side, on the video education side, uh, the work is still uh, the site is still on under construction, or it's just a landing page at this point. But it's dreadededit.com uh, or the dreadededit.com. We'll both will get you there. Um, I also have a free ebook. It's ten simple tips to making a better wedding film. Awesome. Uh, you can just sign up, uh, register for email notifications. I'm not going to spam you. I always say that. Um, it's more for just being notified when my uh, I'm creating a cinematic wedding editing post-production course right now, which is hopefully going to be out this summer. Yeah. We're working towards that right now. So we're just dialing that up, making sure it's exactly what we want to release uh, and help people get more efficient in, in their editing and post-production workflow. And ultimately, I want this to be a training tool for the people that you hire. Yeah. So it's you know I want it to be short enough that you can train somebody with it rather than having to sit them teach them your entire process and then they get up and That's leave huge. and then somebody else comes in and you have to do it all over again. This will be a great tool for them to get them on the on the on the right track. Yeah, that's huge. I think that's so helpful because I'm in that process right now. I've trained in the last two months. I've been training two different editors. So we have uh, we have had one editor who's full time. We're bringing two more people on. And so I've just had them working on a Linda course, but having a class that was specific to wedding video would be incredibly helpful. So thanks for making that. That's That's my thought process. I really want to help people in that. And I know what that feels like to have a backlog and no help. And that is, I mean, it's it's cool to get your edit your own stuff because you get this, you get to make that creative vision happen. Right. But how about if you could train somebody to do that for you? How great would that be? Yep. What about you? Uh, So you can find me at breatheyourpassion.com. And there's a bunch of fun stuff on there. A lot of links to tutorial videos and things like that. But when you sign up to get that free ebook, uh, I don't spam you, but I do tell you some fun stories. I send you some emails that talk about uh, like that time I almost got sued over social media marketing. Ooh, and the yeah. last time a bride fired me from her wedding. Oh, that's a great, <laughs> a great story. So, yeah. yeah. So I, I do send you some fun stories. You can also find Vanessa on Adorama uh, TV. TV, yeah. Adorama TV and her Breathe Your Passion show. Awesome. Yep. Very mm-hmm. cool. Well, thanks again for doing this, guys. This has yeah. been really helpful. I think, um, you know, a great marriage counseling session for the two of you. <laughs> I feel good. I feel lighter. I feel like, I feel like we worked out some issues today. That's great. Let's uh, go pop some champagne. Sounds baby. good. There we go. Nice. <laughs> awesome. Well, we'll talk to you all again soon. Thank you, sir. The Wedding Film Academy podcast is produced by Taylor Juarez. 
If you found this episode helpful, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a show and help us out by leaving a five-star review on iTunes. And when you're done, head on over to WeddingFilmAcademy.org to chat with our other wedding filmmakers like yourself in the comments section. Until next time, keep making movie magic.